Bold predictions for the Giants in 2022. What is their record going to be? We've got so many mailbag questions, and we're going to get to them next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and on this show we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thanks for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. And coming up on today's show, more mailbag questions. The first one coming from Matt in Maine, who asks, what are your bold predictions, bold in capital letters, for, or excuse me, and your guess for this year's Giants record? They surpassed your record or prediction last year, maybe 90 plus or minus. So regarding bold predictions first, usually I'm not the best at bold predictions because like I said, data driven and rational. So I don't like to, it's, it's hard for me to know like how bold am I supposed to get? Am I supposed to say something that I don't think is going to come true just because it's bold? So anyway, I struggle with this question, but for me, bold things that I actually think might happen. Number one, I think that the Giants will make a significant trade at some point between now and the end of the season, one way or another, whether it's trading a catcher, trading for a catcher prior to opening day, something we've talked about a lot as a possibility, even though we're a week away from the start of the season, I'm just not sure that they're just going to hand Joey Bart the keys to the kingdom and just roll with it and hope that it works out. They've only got Bart and Casale on the 40-man roster. What if Bart struggles? They really, I don't exactly see how that's going to work out. So there's a possibility for one of those trade options. And there's also the possibility for that you could trade for a guy like Jose Ramirez this summer if the Guardians are not in contention. Ramirez would be more than just a rental. He's under club control through 2023. And I think that he could make a lot of sense for a Giants team this summer if the Guardians are willing to deal him. And if they were willing to deal him, it would be a major trade. And the idea, I assume, would be to acquire Ramirez and then extend him. Giants don't really have an answer at third base beyond 2022 with Evan Longoria's contract finally being up. And there aren't a ton of great options in free agency. And so there's going to be some sense of urgency to make a move. And if the Giants, just like last year with Chris Bryant, they could also make a trade for a rental player. But regardless, I think that there's some kind of major trade for the Giants that happens generally between now and the trading deadline. So we'll just be kind of waiting around for it, but I think it's going to happen. Number two for bold predictions. Again, I don't know if this is like ultra bold, but the starting rotation is going to be top three in baseball. If these guys are healthy, I think they have the potential to be the best starting rotation in baseball. They're deep and talented. You've got kind of potentially co-aces at the top. There are questions with Logan Webb. He hasn't done it for a long period of time. But I think around the industry, and myself included, the performance was so good that I believe 
that he's going to be able to go out there and perform really well again. And then Carlos Rodon was electric with the White Sox until he had shoulder fatigue down the stretch. But if he can be anything like that, then you've got two frontline starters at the front. And then with Discofani and Wood, we we know what they can bring to the table. That's a really solid kind of mid to back end of your rotation. And then Alex Cobb quietly had a fantastic year with the Angels last year. Didn't pitch all that many innings, but when he was out there, there were some real improvements. Velocity was a career high. And, you know, he, he puts the ball on the ground. And I just think he's going to be a really, really good fifth starter. And also, I've got to mention, we had a report yesterday from Jeff Passan that multiple scouts have heard that Alex Cobb is out here throwing 97 miles an hour in spring, which is way higher than his normal average pitch velocity, fastball velocity. And so if he's your fifth starter with the upside that he showed last year with the Angels and now he's throwing 97, the sky would really be the limit with this rotation. But of course, there is injury risk and uh, the depth behind them is not... I mean, it's depth, right? These are guys beyond fifth on your depth chart. You've got, you know, Boyd coming in June. You've got Carlos Martinez trying to make this team. You've got guys like Sean Jelly and potentially Kervin Castro. So they've got some depth. But if if there's like an injury to Rodon or something, it takes a significant hit. But as it is, those are kind of my bold predictions. Not that bold, I suppose. Um, Joey Bart is going to struggle. That's maybe not a bold prediction, but I... I think he's going to struggle. I'm sorry to say it. And that's why I still think that a move for a catcher could be on the table. I hope he doesn't. And of course, I believe the possibility is there that he doesn't. He's got the pedigree. He's got the talent. I just worry about the plate discipline and some holes in the swing. And and we saw that. And, and I don't know. We shall see. It's a fascinating story to follow. And in terms of the number of wins for the San Francisco Giants, I think you kind of nailed it. I'm kind of coming in. Uh, plus or minus 90 just about last year the bold prediction you may recall was that they would go 86 and 76 because a lot of people thought they were like mid to high 70s for wins and of course they come out here and win 107 so what do any of us know right that's the beauty of baseball is it it actually is very hard to predict so with Longoria and Wade I was kind of landing at like 91 was my going to be my prediction but you've got a couple of injuries so maybe I'd bump it down a win or two uh, I think 90 is kind of a fair reasonable somewhat conservative but also somewhat optimistic number if they can get to 90 for me that would be a pretty good season obviously a few more wins than that would be great but you know 90 and 72 would it would be tough to be too pessimistic about uh, if that was the season that the Giants had so coming up next are the Giants going to make a move before the start of the season in the next week? And if so, what would it be? And also, are they going to? Is the plan to have Yastrzemski be an everyday player, or is he going to be more of a platoon guy? So those questions and many others coming up in in a minute. But first, it's that time of year. I've pretty much way given up on all of my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Go to Built.com and scroll down to their macros chart and you'll be blown away. High protein, high fiber, low calorie, 
low sugar. Most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, as promised, we're going to continue answering your questions on this Friday mailbag edition. Normally, uh, throughout the year, Friday is mailbag day. Not sure that that always works during the regular season, which, hey, this is our last Friday. Uh, Well, I guess next Friday we'll be previewing opening day. But yeah, we're with you five days a week, all season long. Can't wait. And we're, we're a week away from getting started. Thanks for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, continuing to answer your question, Casey Lima asks, will a move be made before the start of the season? If so, which position? So... It, it is bold to say, oh, yeah, they're going to make a move at catcher and acquire Wilson Contreras or Sean Murphy. So I'm not exactly going to sit here and say, yeah, that's going to happen. But it is possible, and I wouldn't put it past them. And we've heard some rumblings about that. It's not just me speculating. Susan Slusser of The Chronicle said that the Giants were talking to other teams about catchers. And so I think it's definitely more likely than not that they just go with Bart and Casale. I think they need a third kind of depth catcher on the 40-man roster. Uh, Not sure if that's going to come from within. I don't necessarily see exactly who that would be, but they could definitely make a move at catcher for a 40-man guy, whether it's a big name or if it's just kind of a third catcher like when they claimed Jose Godoy, who they then lost to the Twins off waivers. So other than that, I mean, I think other positions are in play. The Giants are always looking to upgrade their team. And we've seen in recent years, like even before the 2019 season, the Connor Joe, the infamous Connor Joe and Michael Reed acquisitions were really close to opening day. And then the Kevin Pillar trade happened like three or four days into that season. And, you know, the Lamont Wade Jr. trade happened in spring training, I believe. And the Mike Yastrzemski trade happened in spring training. So they're always looking to upgrade. And as other teams are kind of finalizing their rosters, I think that trades are more likely to happen. And so we just saw one today. The Dodgers and the White Sox pulled off a pretty interesting trade with Craig Kimbrell heading to the Dodgers. So got to deal with that guy again. And AJ Pollock heading to the White Sox. Pretty interesting trade, but things do start happening with a week to go. So regarding what position it would be, I mean, they could use a third baseman. Potentially, Wilmer Flores is just going to fill in for uh, Evan Longoria, but I think they could use a versatile player. Maybe the most, the biggest need might continue to be a right-handed bat who can play in the outfield. Because as it is now, and we'll actually tie this now in with the next question, from straight out of Cupertino, who asks, do you think the Giants will let Yastrzemski play every day until or unless he plays himself into a platoon situation? And Wim Lincecum asks, do you see any changes to the 40-man between now and opening day? So these are all kind of related questions. But as it is now, I've been talking about this a lot, their outfield has to be that they have a left-handed player in there against left-handed pitching no matter what, if there's a lefty on the mound. I guess not no matter what, if uh, Tyro Estrada is in the outfield or if Alex Blandino is in the outfield or Luke Williams. 
So those guys are in play. Regarding a 40-man move, Blandino would have to be added if he's going to make the team. And so that's actually the next question. But Yastrzemski figures to be an everyday guy. And I'm just not 100% convinced that they want to just roll the dice there. He was very bad against left-handed pitching in 2021. This is the problem with small samples, especially when we look at like individual season numbers. That's enough of a small sample. I think a lot of people think small samples like, oh, two plate appearances. Small sample can be hundreds of plate appearances. And platoon splits take a very long time to stabilize. And I think that the best thing generally, from what I understand for platoon splits, is just to assume league average type of splits. And so when we're like, oh, Yastrzemski was, uh, had reverse splits, he has reverse splits based on his 2021 when he had like 20 plate appearances against left-handed pitching. Maybe it was like 50. But no, that doesn't mean he has reverse splits. It means that year he happened to do better against lefties, but it doesn't really mean it's predictive. And that's what we saw in 2021. He suddenly didn't have reverse splits and he was terrible against lefties but still pretty good against righties so it kind of remains to be seen is he good against lefties is he not good i think again we assume league average splits and so he's about 20 points above average by weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching i don't know what the league average kind of fall off is exactly i should probably know that but i would assume he's going to be average or worse against left-handed pitching in which case i mean i do think that there's a move to be made and yet they haven't made it and so i don't know maybe they view estrada as a guy who can be a platoon outfielder because as it is now i just have to say it's uh it's looking like slater and well actually as i say this you could have rough in left slater in center and mauricio dubon maybe Dubon in center and Slater in right. And there's your three right-handed outfielders against a left-handed pitcher with Yastrzemski and Duggar and Peterson on the bench. And then as soon as the starter comes out and they bring in a righty reliever, you make all your substitutions. Those guys get into the game. They get the favorable matchup and the Giants use that strategy to score a bunch of runs. That's kind of the way they've been doing it. So I suppose that that actually could work because Dubon is out of minor league options. And so for that reason, I do believe they're going to carry him on this opening day roster. And the way I've kind of mapped it out is that for uh, Wade Jr. and Longoria going down on the major league roster, which is expanded from 26 to 28 for the month of April, it will allow them to carry Steven Duggar. And so I think he's out there against righties along with Yastrzemski and Peterson in the outfield. And then replacing Longoria on the roster, we haven't determined that yet for me. And I think they were always going to carry Dubon and Estrada, both of whom are out of minor league options. So this would allow them to add a Luke Williams, who is versatile, and, a, and a, or an Alex Blandino, who is also versatile. Williams is already on the 40-man. Blandino is not. And so to me, the inside track would go to Williams simply because he's on the 40-man roster. But next question comes from Jesse, who says, what are the chances of Alex Blandino making the team and who would be on the chopping block to get designated for assignment or more likely a trade? Would this move make Dubon redundant or or with the injuries, could they keep everyone during April? 
So it might make him a little redundant, but I do think that they could keep them for April and just kind of see how they perform at the major league level. And it would just buy them some time simply because it's not just because of the injuries. It's also because rosters have expanded from 26 to 28 for the month of April. So coming up next, we're going to dive more into this question. I'm going to talk about who would be on the chopping block, because if you add Alex Blandino, which I think is a real possibility, you've got to make a corresponding 40-man move, meaning you've got to trade someone who's on your 40-man or you've got to DFA someone who's on your 40-man. So that very well could be happening. And we'll talk about what the chance, you know, the chances of the different uh, players being the one to go in a minute. But first, after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion in the coming week. Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. They've actually got a bunch of Giants ones. We're going to spend some time probably next week talking about them. Player props over under on home runs, win totals for pitchers, strikeout totals for pitchers. So there's a lot of opportunities at betonline.net, which is the best spot for all your uh, latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. Not just basketball, of course. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as promised, we are going to finish answering this question about the chances of Alex Blandino making the team and who would be on the chopping block if he gets DFA'd. So it's a good question. It does seem like there's a real chance that Alex Blandino does end up on this roster. There's also a real chance it could be Jason Vossler, who, remember, is on the 40-man roster himself. But he does have minor league options. He has two options remaining. And so I think that they ultimately end up using those. There's also the question of do these players who are non-roster invitees have opt-outs of their deals. And that's something that sometimes they have an opt-out that's towards the end of spring training. Basically, if they're not going to make the team, they can just choose to become a free agent. And so we don't always get that information and I don't actually have that on Blandino. It is a minor league deal though. So he's not on the 40 man, but I do think there's a real chance they carry him. Although is he similar to uh, Luke Williams? He may be, in which case you, you maybe just keep the guy who's already on the 40 man. But I think it's worth talking about the state of the 40 men and who would get DFA'd no matter what, like who would it, who's, no matter what the move might be, there's going to be a 40 man move at some point. So who's kind of on the chopping block? So as I scroll through it, the beauty of it is it's hard to say there's not necessarily an obvious choice. I just scrolled through the entire list of pitchers and I don't necessarily see an obvious choice. I guess uh, Tyler Beatty, it's kind of do or die time for him. He's out of options. I think that means they carry him for the month of April. But if he's out there with a nine ERA and just getting lit up every time he pitches, he could be on the chopping block. And it also could be a trade. But you can also DFA a guy and then trade him within a week. So that's something to look out for. Obviously not a catcher because they only have two on the 40-man, so they definitely are keeping both unless there's some kind of trade. Uh, Joey Barton, Kurt Casale, of course. Mauricio Dubon being out of options, kind of same case as Beattie. He's got to put up or shut up in the month of April 
that's maybe a harsh phrase. He's got to perform, otherwise he could be on the chopping block, is essentially what I mean there. Luke Williams, don't know enough about him and how what the Giants feel about what his role is going to be to say he's like comfortable on the 40-man. So he was just acquired in this minor trade with the Phillies. But if they think Blandino is a better choice, they could just DFA Williams and add Blandino. So that remains to be seen. Other than that, that's pretty much it. I don't see, uh, I mean, Jason Vossler potentially, but I think they like, he's a left-handed bat who can play these positions like third and second, maybe even first, and he's got a couple of minor league options. And so I'm not sure they're they're ready to make a move there, but I guess Williams, Dubone, and who else did I say? Williams, Dubone, and Beattie, also maybe John Brebbia. He had his struggles last year, but I still believe in John Brebbia but he could be a guy that is kind of on the fringe there. So in terms of the chances of Blandino making the team, I don't know, 60-40 against it, maybe 50-50. It seems like there's a pretty good shot, but I'm just not entirely sure. Next question comes from Scott Wilson, who says, do you think the Giants will stick with a traditional five-man rotation, or will they try six or a five-plus-a-bullpen day? The starters all perform much better with five-plus days of rest, and it could help prevent injury. So this was something we speculated about last year. Was it possible they would go with a six-man rotation? And they really didn't. But they did give guys extra rest when possible, and they did, I think, have some bullpen games. Actually, yeah, for a period there, they had quite a few bullpen games. There was a period in the middle of the year when they had a bullpen spot every time it came through the rotation. So I would definitely look out for that as a possibility, especially in the early part of the year, when you've got expanded rosters, you've also got this new rule in 2022 where you can only option players five times up and down, but that doesn't count. They're not going to start counting that for the month of April. And so they could totally take advantage of this in the month of April. Jacob Junis has a minor league option. He could totally be a guy who's up and down and could make some starts in between. And you've also got Gregory Santos on the 40-man. Curvin Castro, I know he was in the pen last year, but he's got history as a starter. And bullpen games, yeah. So And Tyler Beattie, I think, is going to make the team, and he could be kind of a sixth starter. He could start a bullpen game and give you three or four innings. So yeah, I would absolutely look out for this as a possibility. But when all is said and done, I think they want to maximize the innings of a guy like Webb, Rodon, and uh, DeSclafani, Wood, and Cobb. Not to say they want to push them, but those are clearly, I think, their best five starters, although they really do believe in a guy like Beattie, so giving him more opportunities I don't think is a bad thing. And then Matthew Boyd is on this 40-man roster and set to return or be healthy enough to return around the month of June. And once he comes, if the five starters are healthy, and maybe Tyler Beatty has broken out. Then you've suddenly got maybe seven starters. There's also Sammy Long. I failed to mention him there as a guy who could fill in and spot start and potentially in the month of April, you know, go up and down without it counting against his five option limit. And Sean Jelly also on the 40 man. So they do have a lot of pitching depth. And so I think they're going to take care of their pitchers. Last thing to point out in 2020, when there was the short ramp up you know, spring training started, then it stopped because of COVID. And then there was a second spring training and it was short. It was three weeks total. And the Giants were ultra cautious with their pitchers in the first series of the year. Remember Cueto 
wanted to keep going and they pulled him early after what four innings Kevin Gosman pitched out of the bullpen in that series in LA it got it got a little weird I wasn't totally in agreement with the way they handled that but they kept their pitchers healthy for the most part in that year and a lot of teams didn't and so I think we may see that to start this year because spring training is also shorter than normal this year due to the lockout and so to start the year I wouldn't be surprised if pitchers are only going you know four innings they're not going six seven innings right out of the gates so we'll see but yeah it's a good question and I would expect them to be a little bit creative and to to give guys plenty of rest throughout certainly the early part of the year but also perhaps as the year goes on as well Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. A lot of other questions I wanted to get to, but I'll save them and uh, get to them probably next week. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. Also like, comment, and, and subscribe on YouTube. That's also a lot of fun as well. Anyway, I can't wait to be with you again on Monday, five days a week next week, and then the regular season underway. I really can't wait. So thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. Stay locked on Giants.